Welcome to the Red Shoe Realty Podcast. My name is Stacey Saffington. I'm the broker owner of Red Shoe Realty, and this brokerage and this podcast are built for the agent to give you the tools and the knowledge you need to succeed in this business. And today I am so thrilled. I get to have a really exciting conversation with my friend and colleague, Shay Cotter. Shay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about you, Shay. Well, um, I'm a second generation realtor. Um, I was born and well, I wasn't born, but we moved to Baytown when I was about four, I think. Uh, been here most of my life ever since. Um, I'm a broker uh, with uh, the brokerage I own is Renew, uh, Renew Realty Group. Um, and that I, I named it Renew because of uh, just it, it was the right time for that whole idea of just doing things in a new way for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm the vice chair of HAR. I'm also a regional vice president for Texas Realtors and a director for NAR. None of that stuff isn't worth a whole lot other than I'm just really busy with those things <laughs> um, and, and under a lot more scrutiny, apparently. But uh, <laughs> But yeah, and I will say that out of all those things, the work that I get to do with HAR and our immediate market is the most gratifying work that I do um, outside of the other thing that I'm apparently into for whatever reason, um, volunteering myself to death. I'm also a, a trustee for the school board uh, here in Baytown for Goose Creek ISD. So, yep, that's between that and three kids and musician have a band and all sorts of other things i yeah i don't sleep much but i need i'm working on that <laughs> that's an impressive resume <laughs> shay's a fellow broker and we jumped on a call not too long ago just to get one get to know one another we had been facebook friends and we're like hey i think we might be like-minded <laughs> and sure enough we were and we ended up having a conversation that doesn't happen very often in the real estate world. And that conversation is about putting life ahead of work. And so Shay, I'm just curious, you know, we didn't really talk much about this, but how did you end up at that conclusion? Ooh. Well, um, it's a, it's been a journey. I'll say that. And, and I think this is one of those topics where, uh, the journey there's, there's really no destination, right? You've never really arrived at it. You you're always struggling to, to find it every day. Um, for me, my wake up call was when I had a, in fact, it was, oh, this is serendipitous. It was six years ago today. Oh, wow. Six years ago today, um, I had a an appointment with my doctor. Um, actually, I had had an appointment a couple of weeks prior and I had, I had horrible blood pressure issues. And um, no joke, I, I, I went to get uh, some oral surgery prep work done and the oral surgeon did just a quick blood pressure check and my blood pressure was 234 over 126. Whoa. 
And he, he told me, you know, this is, you've got two options. You can either go to an ER now, I'm calling an ambulance, or you can get on the phone with your doctor and we can get you in to see your doctor today, but I'm going to have to talk to your doctor to verify that when you leave here, that's exactly where you're going. Otherwise, the only other way you're leaving is an ambulance. Luckily, my doctor had been my doctor since I was about four years old. Um, he was also a client of mine, so we had a good relationship, and he's like, yeah, come on. Um, so this, this was probably four or five years previous to this six-year-ago date. So I'd, I'd had years of battling high blood pressure and mostly stress-related, but also weight-related, health-related, and just genetics a little bit. Um, and he kept pressuring me for years to have a battery of other tests, and I kept putting it off, right? Because that's what we do. Eh, I'm not going to need, I'm not going to do it until it's screaming at me to get it done. <laughs> Um, and so my doctor ended up, um, uh, telling me one day I was in there just for a recheck on my blood pressure. And he said, so why do you always leave here with paperwork to get this blood work done? And you never get the blood work done. Is it that you don't want to know what your body's doing or is it that you don't care to know what your body's doing? Mm. I'm like, well, Dr. Must hey, that's a good doctor to ask a tough he was question great. like that. Yeah. And, and I said, you know, I think I'm just scared to know what, because at this point I was very overweight. I knew I didn't have good eating habits. I didn't have good life habits. I didn't have any good habits at all. All my habits were bad. Um, and so he, he's like, okay, I'm going to walk you down to the lab right now and we're going to get this blood work done. So two weeks later, he calls me and this was the six year ago today. This is the anniversary of the, you know, get life insurance because you're going to die or change your life conversation. Mm. And he said, okay, first of all, we know that you're very overweight at this point. I think I was about 85 pounds heavier than I am now. Uh, not medicated. My blood pressure was terrible medicated. It was still not great. It was like 150 ish over 90 something. Um, he said, congratulations now. We know that your cholesterol is off the charts. And finally, the the cherry on top, you're, you're diabetic and you didn't know. Look at that. And he said, in all four of these, he drew this little Venn diagram and he said, where all four of these converge, this is where people drop dead without any warning of a sudden cardiac failure. And that's going to be you if something doesn't change. When you leave here, are you going to get really great life insurance so you can take care of your family? Or are you going to change your life? And I just, I was, I was scared to death. Um, you know, fear is a great motivator sometimes. And, and he said, look, you know, obviously nobody's ever taught you how to eat. So let me teach you how to eat. And he just talked through basic nutrition principles and through, and when I left that day, he, he sent me out with nine different medications and he, he was very, very clear. He said, look, um, I want to tell you this medication does not solve the problem. This medication is to hopefully keep you alive while you solve the problem. Ooh, man, that's a good doctor. I'm impressed. He's great. Unfortunately, he retired two years ago, um, but he deserved it. So I left and he wouldn't let me work out. He wouldn't let me exercise at all. 
because of my cholesterol and my blood pressure. Um, he said, you can't, I don't want you to do a thing until we bring these numbers down, but let's change your diet. And, and I mean, I'm going to tell you just changing my diet, nothing else in about four to five months, I dropped 85 pounds. Wow. That's all I did. Then he said, okay, now that you're done with that, let's, you know, we started backing down on the medication. Um, by six months, I had completely reversed my diabetic diagnosis. I am officially no longer diabetic. Um, and to this day now, you know, six years later, I'm not on any medication. My nice. blood is great. My, my cholesterol is great. Now, the thing is, I didn't just get there and then it's like, hey, awesome. There you go. I win. Um, It's a constant struggle. I'm not going to lie. Right now, uh, I'm in the middle of trying to get back to where I was. Um, I realized after December, um, I had gained about 20 pounds and I wasn't comfortable with that. I I was okay with how I looked, but I wasn't okay with how my clothes fit. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't okay with my level of energy. Um, and so I decided it was time to, you know, I'd, I'd held the weight off within about a 15 to 20 pound, you know, little comfort zone. Um, but I just decided it was time to kind of really dig in and get more serious and, um, cut out all alcohol, cut out all sugar, which that's another conversation in, in the real estate industry, right? Try cutting out alcohol. Um, <laughs> got back to regular exercise. And, and for me, to kind of tie it into what we're talking about a little more directly, I've, I've built in this discipline now where I've got three or four things that I do every single day, preferably in the morning to set the tone of my day right. But those are the things that are my take care of myself, um, that, that self-care, because I think so much of the time we see self-care as this treatment after something's gone wrong, when, when really it should be the thing that keeps things from going wrong. Right. Yeah, that's so true. Because when, when I used to, when I would think of self-care, I thought of a bubble bath and chocolate, you mm-hmm. know, and that's not, I mean, that's, that's bourbon not, and a good that, cigar that yeah. part of it, you know, <laughs> but it's really more like, you no know, drink your water and sleep eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so for me and, and again, it's a struggle last night, I, I've struggled with insomnia for a long time probably as far back as I can remember, even as a kid. Um, but last night I was really diligent. I went to bed at like 9.45 or 9.30. I think I was asleep probably by 9.45. But then I woke up at 2.30 this morning and I didn't want to. And I literally laid in bed from 2.30 until 4, trying to let my body wind back down. And at 4, I was like, okay, forget it. Just going to get up and read. And... Now that happens a lot less these days, but, um, you know, that sleep is a, is an important part. Uh, That's a whole other topic in and of itself too. I I read a book recently called why we sleep and it's written by a neuro neuroscientist 
and he's talking about all the different benefits of sleep and not just the benefits, but the detriments of sleep deprivation. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking two or three days of no sleep. I'm talking five hours a night instead of seven hours a night. And, right. and that three consecutive days of five hours a night is the same to your central nervous system as one 24 hour stretch without sleeping. Wow. And just crazy stuff. So for me, my self-care items, my, my routine is <clears throat> I want to take care of my mind, my body, and my spirit. So 30 minutes reading every morning. Doesn't, I don't care what it is as long as it's not on my phone. You know, a book of some sort. Um, 30 minutes of exercise. And some sort of, for me, it's, it's that sort of meditative practice of getting mm -hmm. back to centering myself and calming myself and breathing and paying attention mm -hmm. to my breath. Um, if I've done those three things, then I can move on to the rest of my day. I, I love that. Move on to the rest of my day if I don't do those, do those three things. Um, <clears throat> so I love that because it's so simple, you know, like I think that we all have these, you know, ideas of what our mornings should look like, but you know, there's just so many things that it's just are so stringent, you know, that's what I do. Like, oh, if we're not going to go all the way in, then don't go, you know, and it's like, no, a 30 minute walk would be just fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, um, one of the things that I've, I've noticed is, so I'm going to kind of tell on myself here for a second. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, we're realtors, right? So if somebody's calling us at seven o'clock in the morning, I answer the phone. If somebody's calling me at seven o'clock at night, I answer the phone. But my sit down focused in front of the computer, now I'm kind of punching in, clocking in, now I'm doing work. Most days, these days, I don't start that until nine or 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the interesting thing is focused from... Let's be generous. Say nine, say 10 o'clock focused from 10 o'clock to, to three o'clock in the afternoon before I have to go pick up my kid. I get more work done in that focused five hours than I do. If I just, you know, make myself feel like I have to work 12, 16 hour days. Right. Because in my mind, I've set that limit and I know I've got this and this and this and this and this and this to get done. And I get it done in a much more efficient way, which then leaves me room. Okay. I've got two hours left. What else can I get done? Cause that's my work time. Right. That's a really good point. And I think that, you know, I, so I came from corporate before I was in real estate, that corporate mindset of you better show up at 8am and you better not even think about walking out before five. And then you, as the employee, you get there and you're like, eh, you're not all the way plugged in. You're not all the no. way focused. I'd go get coffee and bagels and chat. And, you know, I worked hard, but it wasn't, you know, I think that that mindset coming from corporate is what a lot of realtors have. Cause a lot of us did come from corporate and that, that kind of programming is really, really hard to unprogram and work differently, but I agree with you completely. I mean, I, so my story is a little bit different from yours about how I arrived at that point. But several years ago, I went on this healing journey, emotional healing journey. And 
what I realized is that I had to put me first. I couldn't take care of anyone, my kids, a spouse, my business, my pets, nothing. I could not take care of anyone if I did not take care of myself right. first. And, you know, I wish I would have gotten it together and maybe I'll make a video and put it in here. But I used to have this, um, this visual of, you know, a plate and then a bowl in the plate and then a cup in the bowl. And the way I see it is, is if I fill that cup first, which is me, mm -hmm. and then that overflows into the other things that need to be taken care of. And I love that, you know, taking care of yourself first in the morning and then have a very focused time of day where you're working and you're getting more done. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a sweet friend of mine. Um, and one of the things that she, she and I've been friends for years. And one of the things that she used to tell me all the time, because I think she saw it coming was, you know, you love to pour into people. You love to pour into your community. I'm on the, I'm a school board trustee. I'm a volunteer in, in a billion different ways in the, in the industry and in my community. Um, and she, she would always tell me, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. And that's, that's that exact analogy you're talking about. And it's, it feels when you initially make that shift, it feels selfish a yeah, little bit. It does. Um, but you know, it's not selfish when you sit down and eat. It's, it's, you have to do, and these are things I have to do or I'm not going to be able to do anything. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and when we think about taking care of our kids, you know, we don't balk at that, you know, I've got to feed yeah. them. I've got to, you know, prepare them for whatever, but we don't consider being responsible for ourselves in that same way, yeah. you know, and also for, ooh, what, for me, when I first got started, it felt super counterintuitive you know, because I had been programmed to, you know, you put yourself last, you get the leftovers mm -hmm. if there are any, and yeah. it doesn't matter what you feel like when you wake up today, you better get up and you better be at that office and you better be in a suit and heels too. Right. <laughs> well, maybe right. not for you, but for, you know, it, it was like this hmm. massive level of expectation and there was no room for feeling bad, whether it was physically or mentally or whatever, hmm. you know? Yeah. So it felt super counterintuitive to start to put myself first above anything else. Yeah. And, and for me, it was, it was very similar. It was the programming in my head was if I'll make sure I do this and this and this, and it was usually like work and, you know, kids and all these other things, house stuff. If I do all these other things, then I'll, I'll let myself go run. Or then I'll let myself stop and read. Those things were seen as a luxury right. that, that happens only if I earn those chances. Yeah, like a reward. Right. As if exercise is a reward. There's or, nothing rewarding you know. about running. Not a damn thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but, you know, the the reward on the other side, funny enough, is that... 
like last week, it was rainy and cold. And I don't mind running in the cold and I really don't mind running in the rain. But when you put those two together, I'm not going to do it. Not at all. So last week, I didn't run at all before <clears throat> I'd been running about two and a half miles a day and felt great. Taking a week off, oh, it's horrible to try to get back to it. But I've done it. And, and the crazy thing is, I've already noticed a difference in my breathing. Mm. And I don't think it is directly physiological. I think it's that release of that adrenaline that for me shows up in, <clears throat> in anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, I, I suffer from horrible anxiety from time to time. And, and, there, and there are times where I just feel like I can't breathe. And I've noticed that if I'm not physically active, because I, one thing that I've learned is that anxiety is, is really your body's response to an overflood of adrenaline. And if I'm not giving myself that release, then mm -hmm. that adrenaline is just building up and I'm walking around, not breathing very deeply. Yeah. I'm walking around holding my breath and that just builds up and builds up and builds up. But if I just go and run or you know find something else, even just going and walking, some days it releases that adrenaline and I can actually breathe mm -hmm. and my shoulders relax and I can, I can just feel the difference. So it's, it is absolutely necessary that we take care of ourselves and it, it should come before work because if we don't take care of ourselves, there will be no work. Right. Yeah. And you know, this is a, a really stressful in industry and you know for so many different reasons and you know whenever you were talking about that I was just thinking about the stresses of the industry as a whole not to mention life you know it really kind of feels constrictive you know but getting that exercise the breathe that feels like it does you know release that constriction also and counteract you know, the stress of it all. So yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And also just being outside and being in the sunshine, yeah. you know, I think that, um, a lot of us are just in the house working and don't really get out and get the sunshine and get the air. And it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my doctor even told me at first when my anxiety started getting bad, um, He's like, you know, I'm going to write you a prescription. Your prescription is go for a 30 minute walk in nature every day. That's your prescription. Take it like a pill, do it every day. And it helped. It didn't help enough, but it helped. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it, and we're so programmed to feel, you know, stress isn't necessarily a bad thing you know, fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's our, it's our DNA programming that tells us, you know, if we hear rustling in the woods run because it might be a tiger, you know, <laughs> gonna, that's going to eat us. But we, it, so it's, it's deep in our programming, but we're, there's a difference between a tiger that's chasing me or hunting me and, and an email that might ruin a deal. 
but our physiological response because of the way that that our culture is wired our physiological response is the same and and those uh oh what's it called the chemicals that get released during those times i i can't think of it right now um but those you know those things cause cancer those things cause us to get sick those things cause so much detrimental health impacts to our bodies that it's and it's because we've bought into this understanding of stress and fear that's just antithetical to how we should live yeah so that's the thing i'm working on yeah yeah agreed and i you know it was just so refreshing when we had that initial conversation because that's not the way of real estate you know most people when you see especially if you look at social media it's hustle 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 go 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 you know eating gas station food and mm-hmm. you know you it's it's truthfully it's hard to drink water when you're out showing the houses because where are you going to go to the restroom so there's all of these you know obstacles in this industry that make it even harder but it's so dang important and and I wanted to have this conversation because agents I want to encourage you to even if you're thinking okay yeah that sounds great but I my life is not set up like that I encourage you to look for ways where you can set your life up like that because that's the best thing about this industry is that we get to choose how we spend our day. We get to choose how we budget our hours in the day. And so if I choose that I need two hours in the morning to get my mind, body, and spirit right, and I'm stealing that, yeah, then that's my choice. And I get to honor that for me. And so I would encourage everyone to, to just open your mind and consider it because it makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So thank you for having this conversation with me. It's so valuable. And I pray that a million people see it and it improves their lives in in some way. So thank you. And thank you for your vulnerability. Sure. Thank you. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode and we will see you next time.